Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. Jeff, it's good to see you. Who Great did you to bring see you for, as well. Who did you bring for us to talk to today? Well, today we've wanted to have you guys on the show for a while because I've worked with you guys and just really impressed with what you do. Michael Nickerson Rossi and Chad Allen Ortiz uh, from Nickerson Rossi Dance and the Palm Springs International Dance Festival. Thank Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you. I, think, I think this is the first time, Jeff, we've had two guests at the same time. Is that not true? I think so. Yeah. So welcome to our podcast called Getting to Know You. So my first question is, who are you? <laughs> my name is Michael Nickerson Rossi. I'm the founder of Nickerson Rossi Dance. And as Jeff mentioned with the Palm Springs International Dance Festival, that is one of our programs that falls, falls under the nonprofit 501c3, which is the Nickerson Rossi Dance Company. So you have two entities that you lead, one for-profit and one non-profit? They, it can. It does work that way, yes. But it is uh, the nonprofit. Are, so say a supporter wants to come in and they specifically want to support education through the festival, but it would clearly go through the Nickerson Rossi 501, and then we just designate the funds to the festival per their request. Yeah. It's a good way to to partner with a commercial side versus a nonprofit side. Yeah. And Chad, how about you? Yep, I'm Chad Allen Ortiz. I'm the executive director of Nickerson Rossi Dance. Uh, my main objective is overseeing most of our education outreach programs. And I'm also the principal dancer performed with the dance company. So you're the nonprofit side of this? Yes. So let's talk about dance education. Sure. How, how, what are you doing for the community in terms of education and, and dance? Sure. Um, as a response to the pandemic, we decided to open a facility uh, to provide sustainable dance education. We produced our festival first in 2016, and we were an entity that came in and out of the valley seasonally, but didn't have a presence year round. And the pandemic, one, made us make a personal choice to become community members and be here full time. And then two, open facilities to provide opportunity when opportunity ne needed to be met. So we were partnered with the Anderson Children's Foundation, who's mm -hmm. awarded us almost a little over $100,000 for student scholarships um, for our comprehensive dance education program, mostly reaching high school students, some middle school students. And then we have outreach programs. So we're currently partnered with Palm Springs Unified School District, Desert Sands Unified School District, Sacred Heart School, Palm Valley School, the city of Desert Hot Springs, yeah. Sunny Lands. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of different organizations that recently, as a response to the pandemic, have really lumped together and I think people just find that one they appreciate the arts when it's been removed from their lives and then two they see the opportunity that it creates for youth and education well you made a good comment there when it's removed from their lives they look yeah. for it again yep and I think that in terms of education we know that the arts have kind of been marginalized quite a bit so it's great that you're you're adding value to the school curriculum. Yeah, it's an so. exciting time for arts and education it really is certainly where did where did you come from I'm originally from Northern California, and um, once I, I got into dance therapeutically, so my parents died, and I was introduced to dance, and I fell in love, madly in love, because there was a way that I wasn't able to express myself, and dance brought that out. And so once I felt confident and comfortable enough from Northern California, I moved to Southern California. And went to school, went to college, and then I came into the desert because I wrote a proposal to the Palm Springs Art Museum. And at that time, it was the MAC program, Museum Associates Council, and it was Terry Kedover. 
and Barbara Keller was involved, and that's where I met Michael Childers. And so they took the proposal, which was titled DNA, and it was my version of bringing dance into the valley, uh, life, DNA, dance into the valley, because it didn't exist here, how I saw it and wanted to see it. I think there are a lot of things that can still evolve here in the desert. I've only been here two years. Actually, this is my two-year anniversary, but I see so many opportunities for things. So uh, great that you found a pathway to do that here mm-hmm. and the value that you're adding. Jed, how did you get here? Um, I'm from Temecula, California. So I always just gesture, down the, street. gesture okay. the mountain behind me. Yeah. yeah, so just over the mountain is where I grew up. Um, I wanted to pursue dance professionally. My brother was also a dancer, so I had a lot of guidance from him. Did the whole 90s Hollywood thing. Um, So that's where my background and training started. Found myself in a ballet studio and wanted to pursue concert dance. So I actually found Nickerson Rossi Dance on Facebook. It was at the time when social media started to become popular for businesses to promote themselves. And started taking class, started working with a company. And at that time, this was shortly after Michael was first commissioned in Palm Springs. For my whole professional career with the company, we've always had a relationship with Palm Springs, now being community members here. But yeah, that's what led me here is the dance company. So you classically trained ballet or? Yeah, so I first started in jazz, mainly focused on jazz, which is my brother's background. Um, but in order to dance at the studio, I had to be scholarship. My parents couldn't afford the classes, but the trade-off was I had to do the ballet productions. So I had a <laughs> blend of classical ballet and jazz training, and that kind of explains a lot about who I am as a dancer. How, how are you finding the school system here to be able to bring this to the schools? Um, what maybe elaborate on your question? So in terms of, you know, dance, you need lots of people to participate. Mm -hmm. And historically, I guess this is just a bias. It's mostly been a a women's Mm. uh, movement. Yeah. Uh, So Mm -hmm. bringing, you know, two men, bringing men into the dance world. Yeah. How, how, how's that worked out? Um, well, statistically, when we look at our stats, so we've probably reached about 3,000 students with our outreach program so far, and I would say 90% are girls. And so we've made an initiative to launch Boys Dance. So um, Goodwin Family Memorial Trust has sponsored this program. And so now our school has about 30 boys. Um, and so from these programs, the 10% that do enroll, we're trying to pluck the boys and encourage them to take more classes, try to get them into ballet because they all want to do hip hop and uh, change the landscape by promoting boys in dance. And so I'm hoping over time we could change the perspective. We still today hear some of the boys dropping from the program because their friends tell them boys don't dance. And so it's just part of the culture. Yeah. And so... Yeah. So changing the culture is important. Yeah. It is. Um, I don't have an answer for that. I, I right. did at one point in my life uh, administer a, a dance program and was always surprised when a... Mm. a young boy came in and wanted yeah. to do it. It's because they like movement yes. and yeah. coordination. And the other thing is with ballet, many athletes have, spent, have started doing ballet for That's coordination. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you promote it in that way, that there's an advantage to who you are as a physical mm-hmm. being to take ballet and to figure out balance and coordination. Yeah, some schools, we've actually taken over their physical education programs and we're running dance classes for PE. Yeah. So that's another way to tag into kind of what you're yeah. saying. Just, you know, and you introduce it to them while they're younger too, which is not commonly the case at all whatsoever. <laughs> um, so when we're in the middle schools and they're getting exposed to dance as kind of a normal PE class, 
then they're going to say, I could do that and I could do that better. Mm-hmm. More, <laughs> of a, more of a competitive side to them, but it's, it's great to have them in the class nonetheless. Well, and it's really important for kids to do team sports, but mm. that pretty much ends for most kids when they graduate high school. Right. Mm. Dance, music stays with them for a lifetime. That's right. So, and that's what they need to understand. They need to have a passion when they're a young kid so they can carry mm. that forward. Agreed. Mm. Do you partner with musical theater programs? I mean, that's where dance also plays. Yeah, you know, not so much. A little bit we've we've uh, worked with programs to enhance what they already have and built, like as Jeff was saying. Yeah, with One Night Only. One Night Only, and then working with the uh, the Gay Men's Chorus, mm-hmm. we did um, a program there. What I found that, you know, because my expertise is literally in dance, so... Chad and I have worked very, very diligently in really making this a spectacular all-dance program. Even our facilities are, you know, top-of-the-line, sprung-floor quality programming that will really support just dance. So that's where that's where our intention is. Yeah, talk about your facilities because you've just expanded yeah. and grown exponentially yes. while you're yeah. doing that. I'll start from day one then. In the pandemic in 2020, we rented our first 2,000 square foot facility, wiped it out, installed, uh, you know, the basics, which was more utilitarian kind of style. And, uh, but again, the proper floor mirrors and what we needed for class. And then a year later, things were starting to lighten up, but it was such a slope because of the pandemic and no one knew what was going on the building next to us became available and it was a 4,000 square foot facility. So we still kept our 2,000 and then we went into the 4,000 and um, we got the community members involved and asked for support and we wiped it out and made truly a dance theater, all dance centric. And so um, it's an open bare space, which is great. The audience sits all along the front and sides the stage is huge. It's 1,500 square feet. And um, very recently, because of the expansion this summer, we got a new space in Palm Desert on El Paseo wow. and San Luis Rey. Yeah. That, that's amazing. I, I'm just, I, uh, I have a little bit of uh, amateur background in flooring, in dance floors. Oh, do oh. you? Okay. okay. That's okay. That's you're good hold, You're holding now. Because we might eventually be contacting <laughs> you again about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, I, I was responsible as part of a previous job in a renovation project that dance became a significant Great. part. in. So it. you understand very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm just, I'm now picturing in my head how in this area were you able to find somebody who could design a sprung floor. Yeah. Well, we did it in two ways. The first two uh, facilities that we had, actually, myself and then my board, Dr. John Bianchin, he he designed the actual stage. And then we bought the materials to make it a a sprung material or a sprung floor with the professional Marley Marley that lives on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the one in El Paseo, because uh, the roof isn't as high as what we have here, I got my wonderful flooring. It's a floating floor through Alva's in San Pedro. And so they came in and did the installation. But I absolutely love that floor. I haven't heard uh, Marley in a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you need to bring it to a show. It's hard to keep it clean, if I remember. It is. Uh, (laughs) Every day. Is that black or gray? We know what's nice is we have a reversible. So the one in Palm Springs (laughs) is black and white. And then the one in the... uh, 
Palm Desert is gray. Yeah, and black. In the seams. So you're, Mark, yeah, yeah. David. the gaff tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I love project. that he's talking the technicality. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. I'm not a dancer. This is great yeah. because parents, and that was one thing when people started to enroll in our program at the academy, and I said, you know, they just don't understand because a lot of the programs, one, it is it is an investment, but it is your product, yeah. and it's also what you're training your athletes to do every day. So on. you have kids on cement with like a laminate floor. Parents don't know the difference. They just going to go to dance class but we do and we want to preserve their bodies and get them in the right and her own bodies <laughs> yeah but, knees hips right that's exactly. Exactly. That's the purpose of it the matters yeah. and so to hear you talk about that well, is great so the early in the early stage of my life the floor was a you know a wooden floor mm-hmm. uh, i trained on a all wood floor yeah, yeah. and uh, the style of ballet that we offered was the royal academy of ballet uh-huh. curriculum mm-hmm. yep and the the teacher was very strict and stern and then it just expanded into other things and then i have a, a cousin who has a dance studio out outside of philadelphia oh know. where we live in philly where she's in uh it's a bluebell it's Blue Del- oh Del- yeah delaware it's a- delaware valley dance get out lisa michael wasserman Perlmutter. i don't know her but i'm sure we've i mean we've been it's a blueberry is where the ballroom studio it's the ballroom used to take. studio yeah, yeah. Uh, in delaware she, there's a ballroom studio in bluebell no yeah it's called bluebell ballroom yeah. or something like that but i could be completely wrong but they like when i think about the um the area the her dance company is called the delaware valley dance great yeah, first so. state ballet is out there too so it's she's very close to that yeah and um I knew her when she danced for the Omaha Ballet in the '80s. So. Oh, excellent! Great. I mean, that's I dance. You know, I'm 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 tone deaf, and I have two left feet, so <laughs> I'm an admirer <laughs> of many different uh, arts programs. But uh, I, I just think that bringing dance or music into a community that isn't familiar with the benefits of it mm-hmm. has to be a bit of a challenge. So, what have been some of your challenges of of bringing this to the greater Coachella Valley? I, what I could express is just the type of dance program in terms of youth and education. We are a comprehensive dance education program, and our purpose at the academy specifically is to provide resources to either access college and dance or dance professionally. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a program, you could find a program like that in Orange County or L.A., but I can't say that it's existed out here, that type of caliber. And so getting people informed about the commitment that it requires mm-hmm. and the kind of the timeline that just because you do A, B and C doesn't mean you're going to get the grand prize at the end kind of concept. It takes work. And so we've had to train a lot of parents, a lot of students to reframe their brains around what we're offering yeah, they're enrolling into a program, mm-hmm. not, you know, classes that you can drop in and out of. Right. It's not a hobbyist thing. This is a commitment. And, yeah. it's, you know, we're focused in two areas. And our first graduating students are, she has an audition today at Johns Hopkins University, which we're adjunct at Peabody Conservatory oh, really? in yeah. Delaware or in um, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. And so they flew out this weekend. And so we're so proud of her. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're starting to see it happen. I mean, this is our first graduating yeah. senior class yeah, it is. in the four years that we've been open. Yeah. So well, that's quite a tribute to the two of you. Yeah. It's starting. So we'll start to see the, I think the students will start to see when they're 22. Yeah. <laughs> and they look back at what they had like, oh, okay. I, get well, it. I, I know that's very true when I um, follow up with uh, people who've been in dance programs that I was familiar with that they carry it with them a long time. Yeah. 
and they they merge into other areas, but the body is always the center, mm-hmm. whether it's dance or some other form of physical training. Mm-hmm. They rely on what they learned in classical ballet more than jazz or that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's about building confidence too. Yeah, there's and, other professional skill sets that you could take into yeah. your day-to-day life. You don't have to be a professional dancer, but you learn so much from it. Absolutely. And I think also as you when you walk into a room as a dancer, your posture is perfect. Mm-hmm. And people look, notice you right away mm-hmm. versus somebody like me where you know, slash over a little. <laughs> <laughs> but again, right again, so tell me more about the, the future. I mean, you've been doing this since the pandemic. What are you looking forward to accomplish in the next uh, two to three years? You know, um, Chad kind of quickly brushed over all the great work that he's been doing with um, some cultural leaders here. And Amber Gascoigne, and he had built a, th- a program that uh, we call is our School Alliance. And that is through ELOP, so Extended Learning Opportunity Program. Mm. Uh, Newsom had given millions of dollars for specifically after-school programs. And Chad and Amber had created the, the program here that exists in Palm Springs. How many schools are the UN here? You can tell them. Uh, what's well, 25 schools total within Palm Springs Unified. So we have 18 elementary and what is it, seven middle schools? In two years? Yeah, no, not 20... even two years. Yeah, it's not even been two years. Has no, it's it? been two years. Yeah, we started fall. 2021. So yeah, it's almost been three years now. Uh, then I have to ask you, how did you do that? Talent and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, just persistence and having a direct path. And just saying, this is what we see here. So when I when I said the DNA, and that was the proposal, yeah. you know, I saw this happen in my vision eleven years ago, and I said, don't know how to attain it yet, but it's exactly what we want. And so we come from you know such great background in dance education in the collegiate level and professional. That was just my vision. That's what we wanted here. We wanted kids to have that type of training and be sorry I'm, I'm almost done yeah. <laughs> so a lot of parents you know push students to go and get a different degree so they can have a backup plan and i had said to them you know what but your backup plan may also not work so if you want to study in the university i go what do you think the sports do they get in based off of their talent so they're accepted into the program and they get funding because of their gifts. Same thing in the arts. Mm -hmm. So say they want to go to a a university, but they're able to not pay, or they can't pay for it, but they're able to get in because they get a dance scholarship. That does happen. And a lot of people don't know. So it brings to mind the competition for scholarships on a college campus. The, The athletes, you know, tend to get the majority of funding. But if you really do the math, and I guess I haven't done the math, but how many of those athletes that have gotten college scholarships actually end up being athletes or finishing college? Right. Where I bet if you did a, an analysis of dancers, uh-huh. that they're probably doing a little bit better than those athletes. And not in terms of dollars that they're earning, mm-hmm. but in terms of what they're accomplishing in the long run. Yeah, statistically, they do say that about dancers. They just have a strong worth ethic because it's, it's been disciplined it's into disciplined. you. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. your leg up or get out. Yeah. Um, but before Chad can elaborate on his thought, in terms, let's since we're talking about the universities, our programs that we bring in all throughout the year, specifically with like Direct Link and the festival, 
How much money has been handed out in scholarships for university? At this point, it's been over $500,000 since 2020. That we have honored to the, work with universities that give participants that in, in, are involved in our program. That's why we opened the school, was to provide these resources. So with that being said, you talked about the your first graduate who chose Hopkins. How, why did he or she choose Hopkins as the place to study dance? It's a wonderful program. Yeah. Uh, Dana Bella is our colleague. She's the one who runs that program. Uh, we've known Dana Bella for years, and then she became into the position of dance chair. Um, and so we have that partnership with them. We teach at that school, so it's easy for us to communicate what that experience is for the student. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're interested in that kind of um, like social justice, <clears throat> arts for different tools, outreach work, research based type yeah. of school it is. And so students that seem to have that kind of mindset we could kind of lead them to where they we think that they'd fit in or what they're interested in it so what other universities have strong nyu sean curran comes in the director and chair of uh, tish school years he's come in twice he's coming back in the fall and he's going to set a work on our program so i'm excited for that too yeah fullerton's been in you we had philadelphia ballet come in Yeah. yeah ucla uh, USC, um, I'm trying to think of other college, College of Charleston, um, Drexel University. I, I try so, to so in a short period of time, you've established a reputation that has opened up many doors, not just for the work that you do, but for your, your students that's as well. A, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's a, and for me as well. And I say, you know, because we do residencies at universities and we go in and teach a series or whatever the, the term is. And then when we host and do our part in terms of how Chad got in, as he was explaining earlier, the apprenticeship program, those students will fly into Palm Springs and train with us. And that's how I actually hire artists for the, my professional company is I have an opportunity to work with them in that term to see if it's a good fit. But it, it's that connection to the universities that I have. And they follow us. And for instance, Corey Levine, uh, he is the first one from that program on the East Coast that has moved here. He just moved here from Washington, D.C. Went to Towson University. Went to Towson University. And we hired him, and he's in all of the outreach. So he's teaching at all of these schools in addition to working professionally with the company. So do you have a a daily dance program? or How many students? It depends on the program. Our outreach programs have about 2,000 students. Our school itself has... 30 pre-professional students and probably about 60 youth. I'm just doing the math in my head. Yeah, so 90 students for the school. Uh, It is a little more selective to get into the school and our outreach program. Do you have to audition? For the pre-professional program, yes. Uh, The youth program really is kind of the feeder to introduce the student to see if they're wanting to commit to it, and then eventually they'll be part of the comprehensive program. I I don't know about the demographics here, but in most you know, mid-sized communities or even large communities, dance programs do really well financially. Um, in mid-sized? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mean in terms of like the, 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 the school run, itself? Running the school. Oh. Having a pipeline of students. Oh, I see. So, you know, you're talking about having a, a daily dance program. So the previous place I was mentioning had four studios that pretty much from 4 o'clock in the afternoon right. until 8 o'clock at night yeah. were yeah. full of students. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that's exactly. I mean, that's yes. yeah. exactly our model. So, what do you yeah. do for those studios to continue earning revenue for the organization in those off hours? 
So adult ballet, you know, bar class. Well, the company though, the professional company, we we access our space during the day, yeah. so we're rehearsing our rep. Um, or we're at a college doing a residency yeah. program. So yeah. there's a lot. We don't just have the school. We there's a lot of our. Yeah. Well, a lot more to our organization just than that. Well, I, Jeff, I just want to thank you for bringing these guys in. This is amazing. I mean, I, yeah, I love that you have a, a, a total understanding of dance. Not a total. My wife would challenge so, me on the yeah. dance. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of the guys that moves on a dance floor. Let's put it clearly. <laughs> just at a wedding where my feet barely moved. Um, but no, no, but that's that's like a big joke. Like people yeah. go and take dance lessons before they get married. But, right. If yeah, you've got a true. lifetime of dance, mm-hmm. you're there. True. Yeah. You know, yeah. ballroom Social, dancing is yeah. is a really fun thing to mm-hmm. do as an adult yeah. and as you age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There there are lots of things. I I like I like the the arts. Period. You know, whether it's music or dance or the visual arts. And so I'm always intrigued by people who are able to take their passion to another level. Mm-hmm. And we do that in arts education quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then inspiring other people to mm-hmm. follow the lead. Um, and I, again, coming here to this community, I, I've been sheltered in, in the arts, uh, primarily because I'm busy. But um, I thank you so for So I will doing. steal you then <laughs> on February 24th and 5th. We have an encore show. Okay. So we just celebrated our 11th year anniversary. And uh, because of the demand, we have it in our, our dance theater in Palm Springs. So, Jeff, I'll make sure that you have all that. And I would so love to, for you and your wife to Thank come. you. Yeah. So, February 24th and 25th? Yep. Yes. So, the, would I just do a quick plug for that right now? Yeah. So, uh, well, the public show is February 25th, Sunday. It's a matinee show at 3 o'clock. Um, and it's at our dance house, Nickerson Rossi Dance House, um, right off South Palm Canyon. Um, we always tell people it's right by revivals and they all know yeah, where that exactly. is. Sun Center. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the 24th is a closed program. It's specific for our Palm Springs Unified Families. Uh, we're opening a no cost show for our, the children and That's a great. parent to come and see the show. So mm-hmm. we're currently have, I think, 50 students attendings and we have seats for 120. So if you're a Palm Springs Unified family and you're listening to this, come on in. And so if people want more information, it's all accessible on our website, nickersonrossidance.com. Mm-hmm. Great. And we'll include that in our posts on both our e-newsletter that goes out every yeah. week and also our Facebook page. So I just want to thank you guys for coming. This That's has great. been a, a real delight for me. Thank you. And I wish you all success. Thank you. Thank you so much. We thank you guys. This has been Getting to Know You. Thank you for listening. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast and other podcast forums.